Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have a very special guest. Shelly Buck is joining us from Los Angeles. So stay with us. You want to hear her story. And we are back. Let me bring Shelly on. Shelly, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. <clears throat> it's great to have you here. Um, you know, I started this show <clears throat> I, I don't, almost three years ago now. And um, it's, it, you know, it really was to help people get unstuck because I think people experience things in life and they get stuck and they stay there. And, um, you know, it was really to help just to help people. And I think we heal by hearing other people's stories. So, um, let's, let's start with you talking about where you were born and raised. Okay. Well, I was born in central Illinois, Champaign to be specific, but most of my life I was raised in Chicago, um, okay. until I was 25 when I moved to California, to LA, specifically Burbank, to work at Disney Studios. That was my life stream from the time I was a little girl. Wow. And I got the job and moved out here on my own, um, made some friends and started my career in the film industry. I stayed with Disney for a few years and then moved into live action, sound editing, um, but at Disney, I met my husband and we started having children right away. Um, my eldest would be 30 this year. And wow. then I have one son who's 28 and one who's almost 24. So my children are grown, but because of COVID, they're back home. And we have a full house, which has been wow. great. Great for the holidays. It's a mother's yeah. dream to have her family all together. So I'm yeah. that they're here. And, uh, oh. you know, they've got their own struggles right now. But um, yeah. while I was raising them, I became a jewelry designer. You can see some of it behind me. Um, nice. I did that as kind of a feminine endeavor since I was in a house full of boys. And um, it took off. And... Uh, I've been doing that for the last 20 years or so. So, and what, <clears throat> so what did you do at Disney? What was your, you said it was your dream to work at Disney. What did you do? Well, I started in the mailroom, a very humble beginning for, uh, wow. I was an art director in Chicago. So I was following my artistic drive um to to add it to disney and uh became an assistant director in animation and wow. that was where i met my husband um we worked together for a year or so and then i left disney to work in live action film as a sound editor and uh continued on there for a few years while 
I had my first couple of children and then left the industry entirely to be their mother. And I've never regretted that. So back up to growing up in, so you were born in Champaign, Illinois, yeah. and and then ended up moving to Chicago? Right. Um, Champaign was the hub of where my, my mother and father met in uh, central Illinois. Okay. And we lived there for a little while, but we were back and forth to Chicago because that's where my dad worked in advertising okay. as an art director so that I kind of followed in his footsteps and um, was a cheerleader in high school, met my co-author in high school. Wow. We'll get to the book later, I guess. Yeah. But um, yeah, we've been friends for a lifetime. And, and when you say Chicago, the first thing that comes to mind is everything you see on the news today, like the violence and craziness, but that's probably not how it was when you were growing up there. Well, I lived just outside of the city for the okay. first, um, for the first five or six years we were there. And then we moved out to the suburbs to Schaumburg. Um, okay. and I commuted to the city when I graduated, um, college and was an art director there. Wow. Where did you, where did you go to college there? Uh, Illinois state university, which oh. was back central Illinois. Got it. Got yeah. it. Um, because Chicago has one of the top art schools in the world. It the, does. And I went there for a couple of classes. Oh, did you? The Chicago Institute of Art and Design. Yeah. Is that right? Or Art Institute of Chicago. Art Institute. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so, um, so you took all of those skills and how old were you when you moved to LA then? I was 25. I had had my first job as an art director at an advertising agency in Chicago and all by yourself. Yeah, I, I did. I, I made a phone call to Disney studios, made a contact, got a tour, went back home to Chicago and stayed in contact with the people there until a job opened up. And like I said, it was a humble job, you yeah. know, starting in the mail room, but I worked my way onto a film pretty quickly and uh, worked on Tron as my first film. So the original wow. one, yeah, it's been yeah. a few years. Yeah. That was a big film back in the day though. It was, it was, <laughs> it was breakthrough technology across the board. So, and when you say, so you do graphic arts stuff then, or? Um, I did do graphic arts until I moved into jewelry, which is another, just yeah. another medium for uh, color and design. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was a graphic artist. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I'm a self-taught Photoshop expert. Ah, <laughs> so, awesome. Yes. I love Photoshop. <clears throat> so, so um so you ended up out in LA, you're working for Disney, you met your husband there mm -hmm. and immediately started having children. And you said he's in the film industry. He is. He directed uh, several films for Disney, Frozen and Frozen 2 being two of them. Tarzan wow. also, yeah. So there's there's Glenn Morshower that I was just talking about. Oh, hey, Glenn. Yeah. 
So he hold it. He directed Frozen. That's insane. Yeah, it it really is. It was quite a step up. They had no idea how big it was going to be when they made it. How does a director how does a director direct animated figures? Very good question. <laughs> well, first of all, they're artists. He was an animator before he was a director. Oh, okay. So he supervised the design and the acting. And then they direct the actors to get the voices that they want. And then they put the animation to the acting. Wow. Yeah. That seems really complicated, actually. It is. It takes about four years to do a film. And wow. Once you've got the story set. So really, it can be six years just developing and putting it together, supervising the sound, the music. Um, who oversees it all. That's insane. And yeah, always I know co director. There's always two of them. Yeah. I've seen like Glenn has done voiceover work in acting in uh -huh. um, some video games. That, oh, right. Some big, giant video games, actually. Oh. And and I'm like, that is crazy to watch that because yeah. like it's it's insane what 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 I say you guys, because I it's all the whole it takes everybody, but it's insane what you're capable of accomplishing in the animation world. It's it's a it's a big it takes a big team. It, yeah. and, um and it is magic. It's still magic to me after after 40 years of being part of it, whether I was in it myself or on the sidelines, uh, it's still magical. That little girl that um Hell there, Glenn said that's exactly how we did King of the Hill. Very tedious. Um, that little girl of mine that you just met when she brought this drink into me. Um, she's thank you for frozen because oh, that yeah. that literally cost me, I don't even know how much. Like many. Oh. But it was such a magical thing because like she was four, three, maybe. My um. and my oldest daughter was seven or eight and we took him to disney and in orlando and and the whole frozen experience the entire theme park was frozen like right, it was crazy right. it, it was, was snowing in florida it was unbelievable uh, so but it's so cool because you guys really do create this magical world and i say you guys meaning you know, anybody sure. in that industry, but it is a magical world for kids to live in. It's really amazing. Well, that was what got me hooked. It was Sleeping Beauty when I was about five and yeah. the, the backgrounds, the color styling, I didn't know what they were called at the time. Yeah. I just know that I was carried away by it and that that was what I wanted to do. So from the time I was a little girl, really a little girl, I was wow. set on working at Disney. That is really, really cool. There's my buddy Doug Wang from the his father started founded the little giant ladder company. He said he's oh. been out there <clears throat> several times. Yeah. yeah. So so giant ladder. Do you? Oh yeah. I, I everybody has one. I tell Doug yeah. that all, I'm like, everybody I know owns a little giant, dude. They're the third largest ladder company in the world now. It's crazy. Wow. So um so with with so you were out there it doesn't sound like you stayed long though once you started having children. No, I I did 
doing sound editing, you do it film by film. Yeah. So it works from you work for maybe six to eight weeks and then pick up another job if you're lucky and you want to. Um, I had my mother out here. Uh, so I had really good childcare at the time. Um, but I only worked until uh, Ryder, my first son, was about um, four. And my second son was about two. And then my third son came along and I was already entrenched in the household. Wow. So, so talk about um, what it was like raising kids in, in, in Los Angeles. Uh, it seems a lot different than, than the Midwest. I've only been to LA one time in my entire life. And I was like, we are definitely not in the cow fields of Ohio right now. Right. Well, the lots are smaller. Um, <laughs> yeah. We've been lucky to have a pool at both of the homes we've lived in. Wow. And um, not a big yard. The, the, the one we're in now is about a half an acre. So that's uh, bigger than what I was living in when we were in the suburbs of Chicago. Wow. But uh, you don't run around on the streets much, you know, and uh, we mm -hmm. live in a really nice community that seems Midwestern. Um, nice. Yeah. Nice. So, so let's talk about you got in at, at some point you and your, um, co-author got together and decided to write a book and we're going to talk about that. Let's first off, do you have a copy of the book? Oh, not. Oh yes. Just a second. Yeah. Let's see a copy of the book. I should have had it handy. Oh, it's okay. Here, let me go full screen so you can show everybody. There we go. Leave your light on. And now, it's a story about my first son. This is him playing guitar. This is his crowd of people. Oh, wow. Encore. Wow. Okay, so let's talk about um, let's talk about that. Talk about your oh, uh, and this is him on the back. Oh, this hold is on. Ryder. Ryder? Ryder Buck. How do you spell his name? R-Y-D-E-R. -E why, why did you name him Ryder? You know, it seemed like a famous name. Oh, okay. Somebody that would go to the stage or at least make his mark on the world, and he certainly has. Oh, uh, that's awesome. So you want to talk about, let's talk about the book and and writer and, and, and all of that? Well, writer, writer was born an old soul. Um, he was very discerning in his friends, very self-contained, wise beyond his years, and was teaching me from the time he was born to not be such an exuberant character, mm. to chill out and meet him where he lived, which was in this very calm, serene environment that he built for himself. And uh, it was counterintuitive to me. I thought I was going to have a bundle of energy when I had a boy, you know, uh, just a wild thing, which I got with my third one. But um, Ryder was just very calm, very sweet. Um, and uh, like I said, self-contained. And he grew up um, 
very, an artist. He drew a lot. He, um, in high school, he played water polo and picked up the guitar and started a band. Nice. Um, and they traveled all over the LA area doing gigs when he got um, out of college. And uh, this is skipping forward quickly, but. Yeah, um, sure. His, we can, and we can always jump around. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, when he was 22, still in college and living at home, he was diagnosed with stage four testicular cancer. Oh, and wow. that threw our lives up for grabs. Uh, Ryder and I together went into nine months of treatment um, where he would be inpatient for one week and at home for two weeks. And I was with him every day he was in the hospital. Uh, he didn't really want to hear what the doctors had to say. So it was up to me to gather the information and impart the knowledge to him in little bits um, when he was open to hearing it. So we had a dance that we uh, discovered and developed through this uh, journey that was uh, more of him carving out his own space, me taking a step back, kind of watching from the bleachers, but being on hand every moment. Wow. Uh, it was, uh, you know, he was 22. He was a young man and he really needed to be in the driver's seat. And yet he didn't want to drive the whole show. So uh, I was needed, but, and not needed. Uh, which was a lot for me to handle. Wow. So he was 22. That means you weren't, you weren't very old at all. Well, um, I was 35 when he was born. So that made me 47. Okay. Yeah. So, so at 22 years old, he discovers that, that he's got stage four testicular cancer and, and so that's not a good no. diagnosis no. at all. Um, what happened from there? I mean, you, you went through the treatment, you said for nine months? Nine months. Every uh, We had a little break over the holidays where they said it looked like everything was working. It's a very treatable cancer. At least that was the good news he delivered when, um, when I first got to talk to the doctor. Uh, but... Uh, we had that little break over the holidays and then he went back in for another test and his, um, his indicators, his cancer indicators were up. So yeah. he went back in for four more rounds, which took us through May. And uh, wow. then he was declared clear, which was a miracle in itself. We never really entertained the idea of death although I'm sure he thought about it. I know he thought about it because sure. he wrote about it. Um, he was a prolific writer and wow. a lyricist. And finally he said, mom, I want to know everything about my condition because I want to write about it. So he did a switch towards the end of his treatment and was much more engaged. And in fact, we had a little little episode where I thought, okay, we're at the end of treatment. He wants to drive himself to his appointment. It would have been the first time 
in the nine months of treatment that he did drive himself to the hospital. And he went MIA. He got to the hospital, found out they wanted to do a transfusion. Mm. Um, and he was not prepared for that. So he came home and the hospital was calling me saying, you know, this is really serious. He could bleed out. At the time, I didn't know what bleed out meant, but I found out very quickly. And I was beside myself. And he mm. settled in on the couch to watch soccer and said, I'll go in next week if I still need it. Well, the doctors and nurses were worried about that day. Wow. Um, yeah. So that was one of our crisis points. We had doctors calling us. We had nurses stopping by who were friends in the community imploring him to go in saying, you know, you could go blind, you could bleed to death lying on the couch. Um, Bleeding where? Like Internally, internally. Oh my gosh. Just a bruise or a bump or even spontaneous bleeding could have killed him that day. What caused that? Was that uh, the... It was his... His uh, white cell counts and his blood levels were low, as I understand it. Um, And he needed he needed blood and platelets like stat. So uh, we finally got him checked back in that evening uh, after an army of people helped us convince him that he needed to go in. And they gave him. I think it was five units of blood and three of platelets. It was, it was astounding what he needed. He had been kind of green for a couple of days. Green? Um, yeah, not a good color. Oh and my gosh. Very pale, no color in his lips. And, oh. um, you know, we were at the end of treatment and we hadn't experienced anything like that uh, up to that point. And um, wow! So so that was a that was a crisis point, but we got through it. He went in. They kept him overnight. Um, they observed him. They continued to give him blood and platelets, and uh, he came home. And then he was under their watchful eye for uh, a while longer. And he was. What twenty three at this point? Almost twenty three. Um, he was wow. born at the end of June, and this was May. His the end of his treatment. Wow. Yeah. I, I you know my my wife's brother developed leukemia at six years old. Oh. And um, has the uh, he's he's still alive, but he just it's always like he recently just right before Christmas had another liver procedure thing done. I mean, it's nonstop his entire life. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a horrible, horrible disease. So, um, what, 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 uh, so what happened at that point? What happened next? Well, um, he was declared clear. The doctor said, you know, the markers are good. He's good to go. We'll see you in six months. And he was due for his next checkup in November. Our rider lived those six months to the absolute fullest. 
He went to Bali and studied music and taught English. Um, he had gigs all over the LA area, um, sometimes two in a night. He was really, really pursuing his passions and flourishing. And then at the end of October, um, his car broke down on the freeway in the middle of a very foggy night and he was hit by two cars walking home on the freeway. And that was the end of it. Are you serious? No, that's, that was, <sighs> that was a shock we didn't expect. That is not what I was expecting. He survived all of that only to be, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. Thank wow. You. Yeah, thank you. So the last seven years have been uh, a journey of healing. Um, and wow. a lot of it, a lot of it took place through writing the book, which uh, I only started two years ago. So I had five years of just really, really difficult time. Um, wow. We we did a lot to memorialize him. Before his service, um, we had a scholarship set up, a music scholarship set up in his name at the high school. And we produced three CDs over the next few years of his music. We had some of him recorded, and then a lot of his songs were written. And his brothers were both trained vocalists. So we were blessed in that we had um, family and the band together to record. Um, and uh, what else did we do? We installed a bench at the top of his favorite mountain. And uh, wow. no, I spent a lot of time looking at pictures and watching his videos. Fortunately, I had recorded every gig he ever did and I never missed one. So I have wow. yeah, it's all on mom. <laughs> yeah. Number yeah. one fan is my mom. Absolutely. <laughs> a cheerleader from the get-go. Oh, that's so, so sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. So um <clears throat> my gosh. I don't even know where to go. That is not, I'm just being real. That is not, I knew that, I knew that he had passed, but I was not expecting to hear that was how he passed. Right. I thought you were going to say that the cancer finally overtook him or something and right. it didn't. No. And you know, it brought me some, some weird piece that he went out quickly and it wasn't from the cancer coming back and taking him slowly. Yeah. I mean, he was going to go. Um, and I had to accept the fact that it was his time. Uh, and that took a while, but if he was going to go then quickly, um, was probably best. Wow. Wow. Um, so, so um, I, I don't even know, like, I, you know, I have two daughters um, that are still young, 10 and 15. The 15 year old, I think, is going on 40. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
but but so so i i i can't i cannot i cannot imagine i don't want to imagine i can't no, no I, I i can't so, how in the world how do you even take the next breath after that how do you well that was difficult i didn't want to live um after that uh and then I looked at my other two sons and I realized I did have a reason to live. Yeah. Um, and I just put one foot in front of the other. There was, there was no choice. I was breathing involuntarily. My heart was beating whether I wanted it to or not. And I just had to take one day at a time. So talk about, talk, talk more about, the book I, I i know you know i wrote a book back in 2017 and um i i tell everybody like if you've experienced any pain in life which you have <laughs> like yeah. everybody has right you need to write a book and publish it because it's so healing it, it's such a healing process um Talk about the book a little bit and, and feel free to show it as often as you want. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll even put your book in. I'm an Amazon influencer. So I have an oh, Amazon great. store. I'll put oh. your book in my, in my Amazon store. So oh, that would be great. Yeah. yeah. And but, I'll be if you want one. I would love that. Yes. Um, so, so talk a little bit about the book. It, so it's been seven years ago that the writer passed away. Yes. Um, and and you wrote, started writing the book a couple of years ago. Talk about that. How well, did that come about? It started when, right when he was diagnosed with cancer, I was turned on to a site called Caring Bridge, where um, you can go and invite whomever you care to invite to, yeah. to receive the emails whenever you make a post. And it's kind of like a blog, except it's private. And right. that was how I kept people up to date on his condition and my condition as we went through the cancer treatment. And people had said um, along the way, and I continued to write, of course, after he passed, because it was very cathartic and very healing yep. and very helpful to get these thoughts and feelings down where I could review them and make sense of them and share with others um, who were close to me what exactly I was going through. Um, and so people had said, you know, you really should write a book. And I had heard that a lot. And at some point I got a message from writer that said, mom, write my story. Mm. So that was the tipping point where I said, okay, I really do have to do this because there was no way I was going to deny him anything, even posthumously. So um, I got in touch with an agent uh, consultant and he said, you're going to need to take it out of journal form and put it into narrative form. You'll need a ghostwriter. And I was beside myself. I mean, it just seemed like such a huge mountain to climb. And I called my best friend, Kathy Curtis, who is on the book as my co-author with Ryder. Yeah. And um, we've been friends since high school. 
And um, I said, you know, I need a, I need a ghostwriter. I have no idea where to begin looking. Do I have to go to New York? What do I do? And right. she had already written a book on grief um, as her mother had passed. And, uh, and she had, she does have um, healing workshops online and in person in the Midwest um, where they do writing for healing. And she was the obvious choice, but I just couldn't see it. She's so, from, she, uh, is she from Columbus? No, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Cause I thought she had a Columbus cell phone number. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't well, know. She's, I, she's been in Fort Wayne for quite a while. Okay. Okay. So, um, but she's lived all over the country. So I don't sure. know, maybe she set up a, a cell phone in Columbus and still has that number. Could be. Got it. Yeah. Um, but having been best friends for ever, um, since we were 12, I think. Um, and with her having gone through this process and built a business out of it, yeah. uh, she said, um, Shelly, what about me? <laughs> and I just went, oh, duh, of course, of course. And so at that point, um, we started writing the book. Uh, we included Ryder, a lot of his journal entries, um, some writing even from grade school. Uh, his lyrics for a couple of songs made it into the book. And um, we, we put it together over the course of two years and have published it on his 30th birthday this year. Wow. I just so you know, I don't know if well you probably aren't looking at comments, but I just posted the link to the book on Amazon for anyone to go pick up a copy of it. I can't believe it's only sixteen dollars for a hardback version of the book. That's that's, that's amazing. Yeah. That, that's amazing. <laughs> that is that's an amazing price for a hard hardcover book. And it's so, a beautiful book. Yeah, I'm sure it is. You've got a lot. Like it looks like they're all five star ratings, and yeah, some... we've got some great reviews, and we'd love some more. Um, yeah. So anybody who does pick up the book, if they'd be willing to write a, there's a short review from the heart. It it matters a lot. What's talk about what is in the book? What what's what are some like what are some of the chapter titles and and what's the book about? Well, the book is about Ryder and the light that he emanated throughout his life, from the time he was a little boy, um, through the cancer, you know, through his growing up, through the cancer, and then posthumous stories from friends and uh, contacts that Ryder made with us. Um, the foreword is written by my husband. And we talk about Ryder's early light. We talk about the cancer. Um, there's a lot about the cancer journey because it wasn't a smooth one. He right. was, he was uh, spreading his wings in between his inpatient treatments. And he would drive up the coast to concerts and go camping and surfing and all sorts of things that were kind of against doctors' recommendations. So, <laughs> right. 
there are there are a lot of a lot of stories about those shenanigans. Yeah. Um, what the hell do doctors know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, you know, the first thing that the first doctor said to me was, "He's he's a man. You're going to have to let him be a man. It might wow. be difficult." And that those words, no truer words were ever spoken. It was difficult. And I did have to let him be a man. Yeah. So he had to find his way through the treatment. And I had to, he was in the driver's seat and I was in the passenger seat. And that was difficult because of course I wanted to take the wheel and drive the whole thing. Right. So, um, you're not a man. You're my, you're my little boy. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. As always. Mama knows best. So, wow. um, and we got at the, at the service and after the service, we got cards that were um, made out by the people who came uh, stories about Ryder and the way he had inspired their lives. And they are remarkable. Um, wow. He, he even walked someone back from the brink of suicide just by being himself not by being a counselor in any way, but by shining his light, paying attention. He was a really good listener and exuding this joy, this light. Um, and the the title of the book, Leave Your Light On, is actually the title of the first song he ever wrote. And uh, it became more poignant as uh, we explored the book. And um, yeah. So I have I while while you were chatting talking there I I looked him up on YouTube and I actually have the video pulled up we can play it if you'd like Oh sure absolutely I never tire of watching him uh, Now I I won't get flagged for this by by is it copyrighted leave your light on Uh it is the title of the book is and the and the no, I mean with the this song, it's yes. It, it, is it? Is it, I might get flagged by um, not by me. I mean by Facebook or YouTube if it if it has their little their little the, it, a lot of copyrighted music has what are called DTMF tones. I'm sure you know what those are. You're yeah. you're an editor, um, so it'll flat it'll automatically flag it. And then I have to go in and so I uh, we I'll play I'll, I'll play a little bit of it and um, however however much you can get away with yeah I mean if they shut us down they shut us down I just have to go back and 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 say it it was authorized right, <laughs> calm down right cool your jets there Zuckerberg um, so hang on let me let me share the screen and you're sure it's okay to play this you, you absolutely please do. I, I would love to do that and just to is this is it right yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna go full screen here okay here we go and is this it this is it Going out with the tide, girl, you're all 
makes me smile was he the um the singer yes yes okay wow he can play he could really play i'm a musician too he could play guitar wow yeah, he taught him well he took some lessons but then he really taught himself and he wrote that song um wow and that was by the length of his hair that was in 2012 just before he was diagnosed wow and there are more videos on his website, writerbuckmusic.com. Writerbuckmusic.com. Yeah. Is the book on there as well? The book is on there and uh, there's a link to purchase it. And um, lots of videos, lots of pictures. And all of our podcasts are listed on the media page, along with some articles about Ryder. Do I have it right? Yep, you do. Thank you. Awesome. So, so <clears throat> everybody first needs to go um, get a copy of the book. I, I have the link to Amazon. You can click that. It's it's in the comments. Click that and go pick up a copy of the book. And and there's an audible audible version. It looks like too. Is that you? It's it is me, and huh? also my youngest son Reed who um, is a trained voiceover. Uh, he's done some things for Disney and he sounds so much like Ryder that even he can't tell the difference sometimes. Wow. So it was really uh, a blessing to have him agree to do that. He reads Ryder's parts. So that's, that's how, how did your, that. how did your, um, I'm sure that it's been a challenge for your entire family to to for your other two sons to lose their their brother and uh, are, are they as everybody okay? Everybody doing all right? Um, yes, everybody is different, um, and yeah. 
because Woody, my second son, was away at college when this all happened. Um, wow. He had been away for a few years, so his relationship with Ryder was based on his high school experience. And uh, I think he's had a little bit harder time reconciling his relationship with his brother, whereas Reed was living at home with Ryder and had more interaction. Yeah. Good and bad, but um, both boys are doing well. And my husband had a whole different way of dealing with it. I needed people around me. I needed to talk about Ryder. I needed to watch his videos and look at his pictures. And my husband needed solitude. So shortly after Ryder passed, he drove up the coast just to be alone and get in touch with him on his own, in his own way. Wow. And, um, you know, we've respected each other's uh, style of healing and supported yeah. one another, which, you know, isn't always the case with a loss like this. Well, it sounds like, because if, if memory serves me correctly, you're, so you said your husband was the director of the movie Frozen and mm -hmm. Frozen 2, yeah. which would have been right around when Ryder was diagnosed and when he passed. Yes. Uh, Chris was working overtime and coming to the hospital late at night uh, and relieving me. And um, then Ryder passed exactly a month before the movie Frozen was released. So with all the accolades that Frozen received, Chris was on a roller coaster that was just unbelievable. He dedicated their Oscar to Ryder um, oh. at the Oscars. And uh, yeah, he, he, was, he was living a schizophrenic life. I can't even, I can't imagine. I, I just, I can't imagine. So what are some of the things that you have? You said you set up some um, scholarships and, and some other things that, what are, what are some of the things that people, and are those all on the website, Ryder Buck Music? They are. And there's, um, mm -hmm. one in particular that I didn't mention before, uh, they, because he wanted to go back to Bali and teach English. Yeah. Um, the people who organized the trip had also established a school, um, to teach English and they named it for Ryder. So it's the Ryder Buck English Language Program and um, in Bali, and there are now three schools uh, with his name on the program. And um, wow, we're very proud of that. Wow! And That's so great. we support that. We support that through the website as well. There's a way to make donations, and a dollar goes a long way in Bali. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Wow. Is there any you know this this um, this 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 show is normally about how you know you experience hardships and become successful in spite of them or become you know what for for you when it comes because you know I mean look it's the American dream to pursue success and and wealth and and all of that stuff right. When, when you lose a child the, the way that you have, what, what do you feel shifted for you in, in life and the way, just the, the way you view life? 
Well, it's very precious. And every moment, Ryder was always talking about being in the moment, be in the moment, mom, just chill and be in the moment. So that is something that I've taken on with, with serious effort um, to appreciate what I have in front of me. Um, gratitude uh, pervades my life for what I do have. Um, and uh, I've spent a lot of time and energy being in touch with Ryder. So through um, visits from him in a, in a sleep state to, uh, he's done things like, I went to bed one night saying, you know, Ryder, just give me a sign. And there had been so many signs, but I just was hungry for one. And I didn't have a visit during the night, but I woke up to the computer playing one of his songs. If it had not been up on the computer, there was nothing about the computer that was preset and it was playing at full volume. It woke me up at 5.15 in the morning and I laughed all the way through the day because I knew I'd heard from him. I literally just got full body chills, like full body. Oh, there are so many stories like that in the book um, that really lifted me up. So I try to stay in touch with his light and my own light, um, the things I love, uh, and um, I've learned. I've learned from him to to take it uh, one day at a time, one moment at a time, and be appreciative of the things that are all around. I mean, we have a beautiful day here in Southern California. That counts. You know, we have four dogs that are just full of love. That counts. I have my son's home with me. That definitely counts. Yeah. So there are little things and big things to be grateful for. And um, he taught me that. And you get to say that your husband was the director of Frozen. <laughs> We're very proud of him. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. That is really cool. Wow. I, I'm I reference that movie all the time. I, I'll I'll say you need to pull an Elsa right now and let it go. Yeah, of course you do, with two little girls, of course. And <laughs> oh they were the perfect ages to be so impressed by the movie. Oh the music. The music just really grabbed people. The music was absolutely, I, I think I'm, I'm fairly certain that I know every word of every song on that entire soundtrack. So I uh, have to mention that um, Frozen 2 was a writer um, was part of that, in, even though he had been gone for a while. Uh, he um, inspired the name of one of the characters, writer uh, Natura who is a very mellow, romantic character, very much like Ryder. And Chris's co-director wanted to name him Ryder. So he is in the film. And there's also a song, Do the Next Right Thing, which Ryder was partially um, responsible for inspiring. So those are both two things to look up if anyone is interested. I have to say there's also on Disney Plus, there's a segment in... Uh, the making of Frozen 2 um, in episode three, there's about a 10 minute segment on Ryder um, with some video and uh, how he inspired those things. We have Disney Plus. I know you're shocked. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
we have Disney Plus. So we'll well I will definitely have to check that out, Shelley. That that's that is what a um what a tragic but inspiring story you have and 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 an amazing legacy that writer has has gifted this world with um i i appreciate you coming on and and i'm i'm choked up a little bit i i don't know if you can tell but um my wife's on here she says our (laughs) yeah they were obsessed like I, I couldn't even drive anywhere. We had the DVD player in the back of the minivan and it was, oh, oh nonstop. Every time I got in the car, it's like, what is that music playing back there? Can we not I get it? I say, you're welcome or I'm sorry. I What's guess that? both are in order, yeah. There's some great lessons in those movies though. Oh, there, there are, there are. Um, so thank you for coming on and sharing your story and sharing, um, your heart and, and, you know, I don't want to leave this, this interview without you, you talking about, I'm going to go full screen, talk about your jewelry and, and what you're doing. Let's talk about that a little bit. Oh, well, the jewelry, like I said, has been sort of a feminine endeavor. It's another another form of artistic expression because I'm a visual artist first. Um, and I just get such joy out of combining the colors and the textures and kind of telling a story with each piece. I find they, they all have their own voice. So um, I, I, I have a website, shellray.com. And- uh, what, what is it? Shellray, S-H-E-L-R-A-E dot com and that's pretty much a portfolio you can't order from there but i do have an etsy site where there are some things available um and of course if you're in the la area i do i do appointments so that's safe it's s-h-e-l just one l oh i messed it up let me fix that one l and and can they get to your Etsy store from there? Um, not from the website, but I'm about to set that up. You can um, look me up on Etsy. Uh, I believe it's under shellray.com. It could be under Shelly Buck. I don't remember. Okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll we'll find you for sure. My wife my wife just posted it too. So. Shelly, I let me let me get back so your name shows up. Shelly, thank you for coming on and sharing your heart, your story. You're you're amazing. You're amazing oh. that that you um, have gone through what you've gone through, and here you are early in the morning in L.A. On my show, just smiling and and radiating beautiful energy. So thank you, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. I, I'm grateful. So um, we will definitely look up your Etsy shop. My wife is probably already on it, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure she'll post the link um, to your Etsy shop as well. And feel free to come back to 
the Facebook page and post anything that you would like on this, the links or anything. Um, I always encourage people to to put their stuff out there. So um, thank you so much. I appreciate the exposure and the fact that that this story, this book, though it has sadness in it and yeah. it will bring tears, it's also and most importantly an uplifting and optimistic book. People have well the 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 reviews on Amazon say it all. They've been uplifted and changed for the better for having read it. So one thing I always ask everybody on the show, and I, I, I wasn't going to ask you, but I think I'm going to now. Um, at the end of every show, I always say, what do you think? What do you think, in your opinion, the number one thing is in life that stops people from success and joy and peace and happiness. What, what do you think holds people back in life? I think a sense of not being deserving of not working hard enough. Um, old, old um, recordings that they may have picked up along the way. Uh, and the truth of the matter is if you get in touch with that inner light from what you loved in childhood, perhaps, um, you can bring that forth and really get in touch with your passion and nurture it, nurture it. It's amazing. I love that. Writerbuckmusic.com and shellray.com. That's, that's where um, people can go to those websites and, and, and learn a lot more about your son, Ryder, and his music and and your jewelry stuff and and how, where would everybody follow you on social media what's the best place um i'm on facebook and instagram um mostly uh shelly buck okay perfect shelly thank you so much really thank appreciate you, you coming on and if uh, anybody wants to reach out to you can they get signed copies of the book absolutely um just private message me on Facebook and okay. um, we can exchange addresses and so on. Awesome. Shelly, you're amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ken. I really appreciate being on. You have a happy and blessed new year and everybody watching have a very happy and blessed new year. I don't have a show scheduled for tomorrow, so have a great and happy and safe new year. You as well. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys later. Thank you, Shelly. Thank you.